Welcome to the Growing Food and Feeding People podcast. Whether you're a backyard gardener, a market gardener, or a small-scale farmer just starting out or a seasoned grower, this show is for you. Join us as we share tips and tricks, tactics and hacks to growing food for yourself, your family, and your community, as well as sharing stories here from the field and other growers and farmers making a difference in their local food webs. My name is Cody, and I will be your host, so let's get growing. All right, welcome to the first official episode of Season 2 of the Growing Food and Feeding People podcast. And I couldn't be more excited to be back. I tell you what, we are kicking off this season with a couple different series, one of them being all about companion planning. Because I truly believe that companion planning, A, is one of the most underutilized strategies in gardening today, and I also believe, B, that has probably made the most difference in maximizing my space and productivity at our market garden here at Simplistic Farms. So this episode is going to be all about companion planning made simple with the rule of three. So I've got to ask you, are you tired of dealing with pests and poor soil in your garden? Companion planning might just be the answer. You know, do you want to take your gardening game to the next level? Because you really don't need to look any further than companion planning. And you don't need to be a master gardener to benefit from companion planning. In fact, it's as simple as following what I've coined the rule of three. And in this episode, we'll be diving deep into the basics of companion planning and sharing some tips for using the rule of three to create a harmonious and productive garden for yourself. So if you want to take your gardening to the next level, I believe companion planning might just be the answer. By strategically placing plants that work well together, you can improve your garden's productivity and overall health. But where do you start? That's where the rule of three comes in. And by considering just three key factors, you can easily create a winning combination of plants. In this episode, we're gonna show you how to use the rule of three to make companion planting simple and effective. So let's get started. Now the first factor I like to consider is your sun, shade, and water needs. And usually, I'll even take the plant's height into consideration at this time. Because this means you want to choose plants that have similar or complementing sun and shade and water requirements. For example, if you have a plant that needs full sun, you wouldn't want to plant it next to a plant that needs partial shade. If you do, one of the plants will obviously suffer and not thrive. And by choosing plants with similar light needs, you're setting them both up for success. Now the second factor that I like to consider is how the plants benefit or utilize each other. For example, some plants have deep roots that can break up the hard compacted soil, while others have shallow roots that can help prevent soil erosion. Now some plants also attract beneficial insects that can help control pests, while others can help repel pests or provide shade for more delicate plants. Now by pairing plants that complement each other, you can create a healthier and much more productive garden. Now the third factor to consider is whether the plants improve the soil. I like to think in terms of weed control, structure, and nutrients. Some plants, such as your legumes, have nitrogen-fixing bacteria in their roots, which can enrich the soil with nitrogen. Other plants have tap roots that can help break up your compacted soils. So now that we've covered the basics of companion planting, and the rule of three, let's dive a little deeper into some specific benefits and techniques 
that you can use to create a thriving garden. Now one of the key benefits to companion planting is the soil improvement. When you pair certain plants together, they can work together to create a healthier and much more nutrient rich soil. For example, legumes like your peas and your beans have nitrogen fixing bacteria in their roots which can help enrich the soil with nitrogen and this can be especially beneficial for plants like tomatoes which are heavy feeders and require a lot of nitrogen to grow. Another benefit of companion planting is pest control. And by planting certain plants together you can naturally repel pests and attract beneficial insects that can help control them. For example, planting marigolds with tomatoes can help repel pests like your nematodes and whiteflies while attracting beneficial insects and ladybugs and lacewings. Therefore not needing to use any pesticides, right? So we try to keep our gardens as clean and naturally and organic as possible. So companion planting can also help you maximize your garden space by using vertical gardening techniques. You know I'm a lover of trellises. I have several different kinds. I've, did a, I've done a whole video on five different types of trellises that we use. But by planting tall plants like corn or sunflowers with climbing plants like your beans and peas, just like in the Three Sisters method, you can create a natural trellis that allows the climbing plants to grow up and use less space on the ground. Now another technique you can use with companion planting, and I think you should use it in your garden regardless, is crop rotation. By rotating your crops each season, you can help prevent soil-borne diseases and pests from building up in the soil. For example, if you plant tomatoes in the same spot every year, the soil can become depleted of nutrients and become more susceptible to disease and pests. And by rotating your tomato plants with other crops, like beans or peas, you can help keep the soil healthy and productive. Now there are many different combinations of plants that can work well together in a companion planting environment. Here are just a few more examples, hopefully inspire your own garden creations. Rosemary, sage, and thyme. Now these herbs are not only delicious in cooking, but they also work well together in the garden. Rosemary can help repel pests like cabbage moths and carrot flies, while sage can repel slugs and snails and the thyme attracts beneficial insects like bees and hoverflies, which can help pollinate the other plants in the garden. Now a second grouping is tomato, basil, and garlic. Now this classic combination is not only delicious in Italian cooking, but it also works well in the garden. Basil and garlic can help repel pests like the aphids and spider mites, while tomatoes benefit from the extra nutrients provided by their companions. And the third grouping I've got for you is squash, nasturtiums, and radishes. Squash can benefit from the shade provided by the nasturtiums, which also attract beneficial insects like bees and hoverflies. And then the radishes can help break up the compacted soil, while also repelling pests like cucumber beetles. Now as you can see, there are many different combinations of plants that can work well together in a companion planting arrangement. The key is to experiment with different combinations and find what works best for you in your specific garden environment because just like everything I teach here, everything is contextual. It's contextual to your growing environment, to your growing zone, to your soil, to your weather. So you really want to do some experimenting, do some research, talk to other farmers and gardeners right in your local neighborhood and see what's working for them. 
Now, before we wrap up this part of the podcast, I do want to leave you with a few final tips uh, for successful companion planting. Now, the first one we discussed, choose plants with similar sun, shade, and water requirements. So that's, that's always my go-to first one because it's very essential. Second, consider how the plants can benefit each other in terms of pest control, weed control, soil improvement, and space utilization. Third, don't be afraid to experiment with different combinations of plants and techniques like vertical gardening and crop rotation. With a little planning, as you can see, companion planting is a simple yet effective way to improve the health and productivity of your garden. By following the rule of three and choosing plants that have similar sun, shade, and water requirements, complement each other's benefits, and improve the soil, you can create a thriving ecosystem in your backyard. But there's another important factor to consider when it comes to companion planting, and that is timing. Some plants are cool season crops, while others are warm season crops. And by planting them together, you can maximize your garden's productivity and make the most of the available space. You know, I am a huge proponent for maximizing the space in the garden. Now, for example, you can plant cool season crops like lettuce, spinach, and peas in the early season and then replace them with warm season crops like tomatoes, peppers, and eggplants as the weather warms up. This way you can grow more vegetables in the same amount of space and extend your growing season. Another timing strategy is intercropping, which you know I, I do all the time and i.e. it's companion planting, right? It's just it's uh, basically the same thing and that just involves planting two or more crops in the same bed at the same time. This can help reduce competition for resources like water and nutrients and also prevent soil erosion and weed growth. So it's a huge, huge proponent in weed control, um, especially when you're doing no-till garden without any pesticides or, or weed killers. Intercropping can also help with pest control. For example, you can plant your garlic or onions next to your tomatoes to help deter pests like the aphids and whiteflies. Similarly, you can plant marigolds or nasturtiums next to your beans to help repel the bean beetles and other pests. Now overall, companion planting and timing strategies can help you create a healthier, more productive, and more beautiful garden. That I speak from experience. Um, it's, I wouldn't grow out in my garden without utilizing companion planting. It's part of the basics in my opinion. So go ahead and experiment with different combinations of plants and timing strategies and see what works best for you in your area under your context. Alright, so I hope you guys see just how simple and easy it is to implement companion planting in the garden by just utilizing the rule of three. Now I do have one specific question that I've just been dying to ask you guys. What exactly do you call a potato that has turned to the dark side? A Vader tater. <laughs> All right, guys. That's going to wrap up this week's episode on companion planning. Um, look, Keep a lookout for episode two in the series for companion planting. And that is going to be all about companion planting gone wrong. Hopefully you have been inspired or entertained, learned something or laughed. I truly hope you're enjoying the podcast. And as always, I cannot thank you enough for tuning in and joining me every week. If you'd like to continue the conversation, we can chat over on Facebook at Simplistic Farms LLC, or you can send us a comment over there on YouTube at Simple Ain't Easy, Simplistic Farms. And of course, you can listen to the Growing Food and Feeding People podcast on all of the platforms, including Spotify, Google Podcasts, 
Amazon Music, Stitcher, wherever you like to listen to your favorite podcasts at, you can find us there. If you'd like to support the show or get involved in Project Feed Your Neighbor, there is a link down in the show notes. Or you can find us over on Patreon.com at Patreon slash Simplistic Farms. We hope you have a great week. Make somebody smile. We'll talk to you on the next one.